This week marked the 96th anniversary of the untimely death of Rabbi Yisrael Abba Citron, who died in 1927 at the tender age of 46. At the time of his passing, Rabbi Citron was the rabbi of Petach Tikva, where he had lived since 1911. During his tenure as Petach Tikva's rabbi, Rabbi Citron not only acted as a spiritual guide to the local community, but also as a civic leader, social worker and powerhouse advocate for religious Zionism. Born in Dvinsk into a very devout family, Rabbi Citron was a descendant of the celebrated 18th century chief rabbi of Hamburg, Rabbi Raphael Suskind Cohen. In his formative years, Rabbi Citron studied at the yeshivas of Tells and Volozhin. He later returned to the city of his birth and studied with the two local rabbis, both of whom were world-class scholars. Rabbi Meir Simcha Cohen, author of the seminal work Or Sameach on Maimonides' Mishnah Torah, and Rabbi Yosef Rosin, known to all as the Rogachova genius. While in Vinsk, Rabbi Citron married the Rogachova's daughter, Rachel, and also acquired a formal education, receiving a governmental diploma and learning to speak, read and write Russian, French, English and German. Although Rabbi Citron received countless invitations to become the rabbi of various well-established European communities, in the summer of 1911 he decided to accept the rabbinic position he'd been offered in Petach Tikva, at that time a tiny Jewish farming settlement not even recognized by the Ottoman authorities as its own municipal jurisdiction. When his family and friends queried his decision to abandon the promise of a solid career in Europe, Rabbi Citron dismissed them, saying, it's preferable to be the rabbi in a small village in the land of Israel than in a big city abroad. Rabbi Citron's closest confidant and colleague in Eretz Israel was Rabbi Avram Yitzhak HaKohen Cook, first as Rabbi of Jaffa, then as Palestine's chief rabbi. They worked closely together on various projects to invigorate religious life among Jewish immigrants, and they also collaborated in founding the chief rabbinate and a higher rabbinical court for Palestine against an avalanche of opposition by rabbinic colleagues and ideological adversaries. Curiously, Rabbi Citron does not seem to have been in close communication with his father-in-law, and there is no record of correspondence between them in the Rogachova's published works. It is widely suspected that this poor relationship was due to their divergent views on Jewish resettlement in the land of Israel. The Rogachova fiercely opposed Zionism, including its religious exponents. But there was one remarkable exception, relayed many, many years later by the religious Zionist activist and Jerusalem's first mayor, Shlomo Zalman Shragai, in a letter to Rishon LeZion's chief rabbi, Rabbi Chaim Zvulun Kharlap. Three years after moving to Petach Tikva in 1914, Rabbi Citron was suddenly faced with a significant challenge. The Ottoman authorities informed him of their intention to deport him, as he was not a Turkish citizen. His only recourse was to take an oath that he was born in Palestine, which wasn't true, as he had been born in Dvinsk. Lying under oath was not something Rabbi Citron could do, but the thought of abandoning his community and the land of Israel was too much for him to bear, 
and he sought guidance from his renowned father-in-law. True to his idiosyncratic style, the Rogachova sent his son-in-law a terse response, a cryptic Talmudic reference to Ketubot 75a. The Gemara there interprets a verse from Psalms, Omar, ish ve'ish yulad ba, and of Zion it shall be said, this man and that man were born there, to mean that whether one was literally born in Zion or ardently yearns for Zion, one is considered to have been born there. On that basis, the Rogachova was saying, Rabbi Citron could swear that he was born in the land of Israel and his oath would not be false. Heartfelt longing for Israel and a belief that Zion is your country meant that even if you were born elsewhere, you could proclaim, I was born in Zion with as much confidence as any native-born resident. Commenting on the opening verses of Kitavor that discuss bringing Bikurim, the tithe of the first fruits, to the temple, Sifri says, do this mitzvah, for in its merit you will enter the land. But this statement presents a problem. According to the Talmud, the commandment of Bikurim could only be fulfilled after the land had been both conquered and distributed among the tribes. And this only happened 14 years after the Israelites entered the land. In which case, how can the mitzvah of Bikurim serve as the merit through which we earn the privilege to enter the promised land when the commandment itself can only be observed after we've already settled there? The answer is hinted at in the verses themselves. Moses began his address to the nation about Bikurim by telling them, when you enter the land that Hashem your God is giving you as a heritage and you possess it and settle in it. Clearly, for the tithe of the first fruits to have any meaning or significance, the Jewish nation would first have to internalize the idea that the land is their heritage, their inheritance and their birthright, namely at the very center of their national identity. Only then would they be able to possess it and settle in it. The essence of Eretz Yisrael transcends mere geographical borders or increasing the population or building cities and expanding commerce. Even the establishment of autonomous Jewish rule is not enough. You could vanquish the Canaanites and populate the entire territory and still not appreciate that the land is your heritage. The true identity of Eretz Israel lies in its role as the spiritual epicenter and sanctuary of Jewish existence, and that is something that can only ever exist in the heart of a Jew. Rabbi Sitron's successor as Rabbi of Petach Tikva was Rabbi Reuven Katz, a distinguished rabbinic scholar and respected community rabbi who abandoned his well-paid job in Bayonne, New Jersey, to take up the position in Palestine. According to Rabbi Katz, what distinguishes the fruit of Eretz Israel from fruit that is grown anywhere else in the world is the profound spiritual connection a farmer feels to his produce. That is why the farmer will willingly offer his cherished first fruits to the priest, an act of sacrifice symbolizing an acknowledgement that the gifts of the land, and indeed every other blessing, are not solely the fruit of human endeavor, but they are graciously bestowed upon us by God. In reflecting 
on the journey and legacy of Rabbi Israel Abba Sitran, it is unmistakably clear that the true essence of Eretz Israel is embedded not in the soil or borders of the country, but within the soul and heart of every Jew. Rabbi Sitran, like the farmers offering their first fruits, embodied the profound understanding that our connection to the land is not just about our physical presence, but also about recognizing it as the divine gift it truly is. Rabbi Sitran's passionate commitment, even in the face of adversity, serves as a timeless testament to this bond. Whether born on the soil of Zion, or whether drawn to it by the strings of one's heart, Eretz Yisrael remains the unshakable pillar, the center of Jewish identity, and the eternal homeland for the Jewish soul. Rabbi Sitran's story reminds us all that to truly call Israel ours, it is not enough to live in it, we must allow it to live within us.